Today on <coughs> the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts, we're going to look at Larry Elder and his candidacy for the governor's office in California and how the left just really is displaying their complete and utter lack of any tolerance for any person, but especially a black person, to dare to challenge their great truths, which are all basically, well, lies and denials of reality. <clears throat> we'll have a piece from Daniel Greenfield. I'll look at that and how our president, President Mumbles, has really used his son's Bo's uh, memory and really in a disgraceful fashion. And some interesting words from Daniel Greenfield, a great writer. <clears throat> we'll look at the, uh, the reaction to President Biden's mandates on vaccines and travel and all kind of other things. And, of course, we'll get some expert input from MSNBS, the uh, gang who couldn't shoot straight, the gang who wouldn't think straight, the gang who basically just wears tinfoil on their hats and or their heads and does the same with their poor cats and dogs. And if they have any children, they probably do it to them, too. We'll have some other things. Then we will get into a little bit of Seth Myers, the unfunniest human being on the face of this earth. Compared to him, Whoopi Goldberg is hilarious. Compared to Seth Myers, everyone's funny. Seriously. You could find a rotting corpse in the forest. It would be funnier than Seth Myers. And also... Despite, besides rather being unfunny, Seth Myers is really stupid. I mean, gutter level stupid. As in, not just doesn't know anything. This boy doesn't suspect anything. All that and more today on the Daily Gator Thought with me, Doug Hagen. And welcome, my friends, to the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts for September the 10th, uh, 2021, 126th edition. And to kick off the show, uh, some very, I got some very uh, sad news yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening. A uh, blogging friend of mine, a fellow blogger who uh, uh, ran a blog called The Camp of the Saints, uh, Bob Belvedere, tremendous blogger. Uh, he and I used to have so much fun together and uh, admire of each other's works. And he is, uh, from what I hear, very, very, very sick uh, with uh, cancer. And I uh, tried to send him a message yesterday on Facebook, and I hope he got it. Um, and sadly, I guess it... Uh, it was to say goodbye. Um, and like so many relationships you have, at a certain point, they kind of get <clears throat> a little distant, uh, no angst or anger at each other. But uh, I regret that time. And I regret I never knew he had cancer. And uh, it's been a long battle for him. And I, my prayers are with him. 
my best wishes are with him and a lot of great memories are with you bob belvedere so my friend uh i love you appreciate all you did man appreciate all you do let's not do the past tense stuff yet god bless you take care and uh everybody out there you may not know him throw up a prayer for this guy He's one of the good ones, one of the great, uh, I think, patriots and thinkers the station's ever had, although a lot of people never heard of him because he was just a blogger, as uh, a lot of people seem to dismiss people who do uh, what he does, what I do, what a lot of others do. Uh, and Bob, God bless you, my friend. God bless you. Now, let's kick this off. <clears throat> with a look at the, well, perhaps the dumbest son of a you-know-what uh, I can think of right now. Uh, there are people who espouse to be something. They get a career doing something. I mean, we've all known them. Maybe we work with them. And they just suck at what they do. And you, you just look at them and go, how in the world? You know, and, and the person I'm speaking of here in particular is the unfunniest late night talk host I've ever heard in my life. And I think it's for two reasons. One is he, he, he tries to be Mr. Anti-Trump, Mr. Woke, right? Speaking of Seth Myers, if you, if you don't know, and I'm not sure if he does his, has an audience at all, or if he just kind of tapes his show and it plays on, I think CBS, uh, if it's, if it's on another network, I, I apologize for accusing CBS of running this garbage. But the fact is, the guy tells jokes, and you never hear any laughter. So I don't know if he's in front of a studio audience that's just going, why in the hell are we here? Who is this idiot? I think we took a wrong turn. Honey. But yeah, maybe he just records it. I don't know. But pathetic. And he had a... Uh, had a little screed about, uh, well, something Trump said, because anything Trump says has to be stupid. And as so many times happens, when talentless hacks like Seth Myers, when they try to be condescending and talk down to people and they're trying to be funny and sarcastic and, oh, look at me, <laughs> I'm so creative. When they do that and they have no actual talent or ability to do those things, and when they're flat out ignorant, stupid, and wrong about everything they say, then it turns out to be a fabulous failure for them. And here's a, here's a, a couple of minutes, maybe a couple and a half minutes of, of one of his monologues, I believe it was last night, uh, mocking uh, a lot of things and just proving himself to be a stupid, stupid little man. And yeah, Seth, you're fixing to get ripped, so... Here we go. Here's the here's the wisdom and humor and comic genius in his own mind. Including Sean Spicer and Kelly and Conway from military academy boards, while the former president himself issued a statement claiming that, let me see if I have Confederate General Robert E. Lee would have won the war in Afghanistan. For more on this, it's time for a closer look. There's a simple truth about our history, which has somehow been muddied through decades of self-serving revisionism by racists and apologists for white supremacy. And that is that the Confederacy was a movement of anti-American traitors and slavers who tried to destroy this country. I can't believe that even has to be said, but apparently it does. I mean, there are people out there who don't even know what the Civil War was about. Like, for example, the former president of the United States. People don't realize, you know, the Civil War... Um yeah. Let's think about it. Why? People don't ask that question. But why was there the Civil War? Why could why could that one not have been worked out? Yeah. People don't ask the question, why was there the Civil War? Just like we don't ask, how many sides does a triangle have? Or is a snake a reptile? Because we learned all that in grade school. At least those of us who weren't following our dad to construction sites to watch him yell at immigrants. What do you mean? Don't ask that question. It was a white supremacist rebellion against the government, not a fight between my wife and her sister. What are they mad about? Don't ask. I mean, I know Donald Trump doesn't live in our reality, but it's still interesting to find out stuff about his reality. Like, I guess in his reality, the local libraries only have one book on the Civil War called What the Heck Was All This Nonsense About? 
Also, I like that he wants to know why could that not have been worked out? Yeah, why couldn't you get the top Union generals and the top Confederate generals in a room, stick Andy Cohen in the middle, and talk it down over some skinny marks? I mean, seriously, you don't have to be the chair of a college history department to know that the Confederacy and its leaders were evil. Hell, you just had to have a substitute teacher in high school who forgot the lesson plan and played glory on Laserdisc while he put his head down on the desk and took a nap. Yeah, sure. Sure, all the other kids secretly passed notes and played games, but me? I was watching Total Glory Stan. You might say that. For one magical year, I was deep in a glory hole. I'd prefer if you didn't. But come on. Freeman, Washington, Brower, yes, please. Plus, I like to pretend that Matthew Broderick's character was just like Ferris Bueller. And before every battle, the general would say, Colonel Shaw. Colonel Shaw. Unfortunately, part of the reason we have to keep stating that obvious fact about the evil of the Confederacy and the reality of the Civil War is that shortly after the end of the war and Reconstruction, a racist, revisionist lost cause movement rose up to cast the leaders of the Confederacy as a noble gentleman instead of the defeated traitors and white supremacists that they were. Nowadays, lots of us don't even learn about Reconstruction and the post-Civil War period in history class. I mean, I can't believe people are worried about critical race theory when my history textbook jumped from the Civil War to the Great Depression and in between there was one page about William Howard Taft getting stuck. Well, okie dokie then, Seth. Let's, uh, let's talk facts here. Myers is trying to rip the president because he still has nothing to brag about. Biden, Biden's been a spectacular failure. He makes Obama and Jimmy Carter look good. The fact is, he's a miserable failure as a president. His administration sucks. His vice president is probably the most uncharismatic human being ever walked the face of the earth. <clears throat> and Seth Myers is still trying to be funny by mocking the president. Well, the president made a statement about a great military. Let me explain this. I'll go slow, Seth, okay? In history, you have great military leaders. Some are great people, some are bad people. Napoleon wasn't the greatest person. He was a great military mind. You have MacArthur, you have Patton, you have numerous people you can name throughout history who are great military leaders. Robert E. Lee is one of those men. I guarantee you if the men he fought against were here today, they would probably uh, set you straight as well, including General Grant, who he ultimately surrendered to. <clears throat> So to say that Robert E. Lee would have been successful in, in Afghanistan, given that he was left the hell alone by the president and the Pentagon, if, if he had been allowed to do what he knew how to do, just like many generals today, he would have been more successful. Okay, that's not a slight against our troops. All we have the greatest military, period, period, end of sentence, end of discussion. But when politicians get involved, you know, things happen. So to say Lee would have been a good leader is, is hardly a stupid thing. Okay, Seth. As far as labeling Lee a traitor, you're an idiot. He resigned his commission. He resigned from the army. He went home and wanted nothing more to be left alone for his home state to be left alone. Again, he made clear he would never draw again his sword except in defense of his home his state, Virginia. He would have fought anybody who invaded Virginia and tried to persuade Virginia by force to go along. When Lincoln called for troops to subjugate the seven states of the Confederacy that had seceded, formed their own government, their own country, <clears throat> and begged and asked and said, peace commission after peace commission after peace commission, to try to talk to the Lincoln administration and be left alone, by the way. When that all proved to, well, to be a situation that wasn't going to work. And when 75,000 troops were called for from all the states still in the Union, Seth, that state, uh, the state of Virginia, was included in that. So it was the state of Tennessee and Arkansas and North Carolina all those states and there was two states kentucky missouri that pretty much split their governments over whether to secede or not along with the four virginia arkansas tennessee north carolina that did secede 
And they seceded for one reason. And it wasn't white supremacy. It was the fact that they saw a country that they no longer wanted to be a part of because, in their view, it had to be held together at point of bayonet. And I know you won't understand that, Seth, because you're stupid. Your dog's probably stupid. You're a pathetic little man. You're not funny. You're not smart. You're not quirky. You're not anything. You're just an empty, emptiest of empty suits, frankly, Seth Myers. So you won't get any of that. You won't get it because you never studied the history. You damn sure haven't studied it like I have. You haven't because whatever reason, you don't have to study anything. But if you haven't studied something and you're not even, don't even have basic knowledge of the facts, do yourself a favor and keep your mouth shut. And I don't mean that in a, in a threatening manner at all. I mean that in an advisory role. As someone who actually knows the history that you don't, shut up. You make yourself look like an idiot. Now, all the woke people out there will say, yeah, he's right. Of course, they don't know any more than you do. These are people who basically have the mental capacity of a mushroom. And not because they're stupid, not because they lack brains, because they, like you, have been taught not to think funny relevant all those things they're not based on intelligence or talent or uh, you know exploring current events and and commenting on them in a, in a maybe a funny or meaningful way you're all just a bunch of sheep and you just repeat things that you know these people will like and praise you for there's no knowledge in your head you don't know how to think because, you know, before I comment on something like that, I might actually read about it, Seth. You might try it. So you wanted to rip the president. You just slurred millions of Southerners who are very proud of their ancestry. And you just basically told a lie about American history, a grotesquely false and ugly lie. You do more for divisiveness with your ignorant Seth Myers without even knowing it, than 100,000 white supremacists. And guess what? I doubt you can get 100,000 white supremacists together one place in this country because white supremacy as an ideal, Seth, is, like your comedic ability, dead. White supremacy died of its own evil and its own sickness. Period. The past of this country, Seth, is the past we have many sins in our past. America does. You know what else we have in our history, Seth? People like you never mentioned this. The corrections of all those evils and shortcomings and shortfalls. Atonement. Look up the word. Have an adult read it to you. Seth, maybe they could get off some construction paper and crayons and, and write it for you so you could grasp it. Seth, the, the difference is this between you and I, or between you and a lot of people. You think getting on TV and making dumbass remarks and telling stupid jokes, which no one laughs at, makes you important. It makes you knowledgeable. No, no, no. Knowledge makes you knowledgeable, and you have none on this subject. If you think that the war between the states was just a bunch of white supremacists, that was all it was about, that tried to destroy America. Right, wrong, good, bad, somewhere in the middle, the states who seceded, seceded for whatever reasons they gave. The, the states who later joined them after Lincoln called for troops, they had reasons, different reasons. <clears throat> and they fought in defense of what they thought was their right. That's it. White supremacy? No. You know, who? everyone at that time believed in white supremacy. Even Lincoln. Even people in the North, the idea that slavery was ugly and evil, yes, it always was. All still is, because it still exists, Seth. And you might do better using your platform to talk about the slavery that exists today instead of trying to be smart and funny when you don't have that ability. Just a suggestion. So before you run your mouth, Seth Myers, 
trying to have a clue what the hell you're talking about. If that's even possible for little turds like you. And I use that term, little turds, with the with the idea that I should apologize to little turds because they don't deserve the comparison to you. You're a foul, bitter, ugly little man who has no talent. That's what you are, Seth. How you ever got into show business, I never know. I, I could never know, frankly. I mean, in the world of comedy, entertainment, you're, you're as about as, as effective as a five foot four, 400 pound uh, amputee of both legs trying to be a running back in the NFL. In fact, I'd have a lot more respect for them than you. You just don't have the ability. And let me ask you a quick question. Since you obviously think tearing down all the Confederate monuments is a wonderful thing. Let me tell you about a young sergeant who died later in the war. He died at the Battle of Chickamauga. He was a member of Longstreet's Corps of Lee's Army in Northern Virginia. And at the Battle of Fredericksburg, which was uh, uh, an absolute foolish military decision by Union General Burnside to charge what was called Marie's Heights in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And his men were mowed down by Lee's defenses, the cannon, the infantry, just mowed them down. It was a horrific slaughter, quite frankly. And after the battle on the 13th of 1862, December 13th, 1862, it's very cold. That happens in winter, Seth. You might not know that. But as this cold weather and the moans of so many wounded men begging for water, begging for their mother, begging for their sweetheart, praying to God in complete and utter agony and suffering. As they're doing this, this one sergeant, Sergeant Kirkland, could not handle it. He just couldn't handle it. And he begged his officers for permission to go out beyond the Confederate lines and give water to these soldiers. Some were really only feet away. He was denied, yet he did it anyway. And eventually, his officers, of course, would expect him to be shot dead at any time. But he wasn't. And he made one trip. And then came back, refilled the canteen, and made another, and another, and another. Should the monument to him at, at Fredericksburg, Virginia, should that be torn down? Is he just some white supremacist piece of trash, Seth Meyer? Is he? No, he's a hero who had more guts and more decency in his little finger than your sorry ass has in your whole body. You ugly, twisted little bigot. You know what the truth is, Seth? You're no better than a white supremacist. A white supremacist, you know what they are? They're a piece of trash who's ignorant, stupid, and doesn't get it, doesn't have the decency to be a decent human being or the mental capacity. And frankly, you're no better. They hate people based on skin color, which is stupid. You hate people because they're a Republican or they're a Southerner or they may have good things to say about their ancestors who fought in the war between the states. You, Seth Meyer, frankly, I've stepped in better than you. Now, let's move along, folks. I apologize for the anger, but I am sick of this. People like Seth Meyers, in essence, spit in my face when he gave that stupid monologue. And I'm tired of pathetic little turds like him being praised by the woke left. Now, why are we divided as a nation? No, you can't blame it on Seth Meyer. You can blame a lot of, uh, you know, bad comedy on Seth Meyer. <clears throat> but uh, John Goodman at the Independent, Independent Institute has written a piece called Why Are We Divided? The case of Larry Elder. Uh, for those who don't know Larry Elder, he is uh, a talk radio legend. He was born, raised in South Central L.A. He's a black man. And he is running to supplant the disaster that is Governor Gavin Newsom in the state of California, uh, which I refer to as Marxifornia because of all their left-wing politics. And the left 
because they're so tolerant and they want such racial diversity in politics. Of course, they have looked at Gavin Newsom of whitest of white guys and then Larry Elder, who's a black man, and clearly the left, because they're so into diversity, especially racial diversity and ending racism in America, of course, they've they've absolutely fallen in love with Larry Elder, and they've said, you know what, it's time for a black man to be governor of this state of California. We're a progressive state. We don't believe race matters, so therefore we're going to support the black man because we can have a black governor of the state of California. Uh, no, they haven't done that. Instead, they have trashed Larry Elder. They've lied about him. Uh, some stupid biatch yesterday uh, threw, threw something at him while wearing a gorilla mask. So a white woman wearing a gorilla mask threw something at Larry Elder. And there's no racism in that, right? Of course not. But anyway, the left is, is absolutely losing their minds over this because there's a real chance he could be governor. Because Newsom has been such a bad governor, he's been recalled by the people, the voters of California. And this piece, which I should mention, has also appeared in Town Hall. Goodman writes this. On September 14th, California voters will have the opportunity to recall their current governor, Gavum, I'm really white, Newsom. Uh, should that happen, voters will choose Newsom's replacement on that same ballot. If current polling is anywhere near accurate, the likely winner will be Elder. The liberal media is panicking over the prospect. Wait, how can they be panicking? I thought they were they were all for being colorblind. I thought they were they, they we need more black representation in our government, I thought they said. It would be historic. How many liberals voted for Obama because historic? Yet a black governor of California, I don't think they've had one before. Don't quote me on that. I didn't go through the history of the governors of California. <clears throat> but Larry Elder would be historic. But some history is not good, I guess. An editorial in the New York Times by Farad Manju, for example, declares Elder the Elder candidacy a looming disaster. You know how many looming disasters the left picks up on? All of them. They make them up. There's a tree of looming disasters these morons go out and pick uh, to write about and, and worry about and fret about and lie about. A liberal nightmare and a possibility that is as serious as a heart attack. Uh, for Times editorial writer Paul Krugman, the crazy cat lady, of the New York Times. The possibility is even more frightening. Elder, he says, would be a Trumpist governor. God, these people are so obsessed over Trump. You could get all the stalkers in the country together and they wouldn't have the same level of crazy as Paul Krugman has in his weird beard. Uh, and whose elections, Krugman says, would provide awesome consequences. All bad, of course. Elder's candidacy is an ideal opportunity to investigate why the country is so divided politically and why it is so difficult to have civil conversations about politics. But first things first, why is Elder running for governor? He has a website that tells you his main issues are homelessness, which is horrible in California, in the big cities. Uh, might be in other areas, too. I'm not sure. Uh, crime, very, very bad, education, and high taxes. High taxes, of course, would, would be, you would think, would address education, crime, and homelessness, but the taxes keep getting higher and the other problems keep getting worse, so maybe not. <clears throat> For anyone who has been paying attention to California in the news, these issues should come as no surprise. Some numbers under Gavin Newsom. California has the highest poverty rate in the country. Well, that's not good. And it's the residence of more than half the nation's homeless population. <clears throat> if you steal less than $950, in other words, if you go in a store and just start grabbing clothes or, or food or whatever, 
and it's less than $950, guess what happens to you in California? You are charged with a misdemeanor. And the police don't arrest you. As a video of thieves cleaning out a Neiman Marcus with no official resistance shows, <coughs> how is a business supposed to survive in that, in that, in that type of thinking? They buy stuff to sell. It gets stolen. They have no. They they are compensated for the loss. Guess what's going to happen pretty soon? The new businesses will not open because they see what the road where the road leads and the ones existing will be run out. California students perform worse on academic measures than students in other states, and they have lower graduation graduation rates. Minority students, especially disadvantaged in San Francisco has one of the most segregated school systems in the country. I thought liberalism was about fixing all that. Yet the more liberal the state, the worse the problems are in the areas they always promise to fix. Wow. California also has the highest income tax rates in the country, and businesses are leaving the state in droves. So what does Banju have to say about rampant homelessness in California? Nothing. Nothing. Not a word. What about crime? Zero. High taxes? Nada. What about poor kids taught by bad teachers and bad schools? Zilch. But of course, he's got time to bash Elder. And he does mention a few issues, including abortion and the minimum wage. But these are not policies the governor can unilaterally change. And even if he could, they would not impact uh, most Californians Hardly the stuff of liberal nightmare. So if you want to go read this whole piece, please do, folks. But this is absolutely ridiculous. The left is losing their mind, saying everything they can to prevent Elder from being uh, being the new governor. They're even griping about the voting laws. I thought voting laws in California were really great and, and, and leftist and liberal and, and wonderful. But apparently because a governor who's a ultra left-wing liberal liberal can be recalled and replaced, especially by a black man who dares to be conservative, maybe even libertarian, might even have some views that, that mirror Trump's views. Oh, it's a national tragedy. We can't have this. If you want to fix your problems, California, stop being bigots ideological bigots, not racial bigots, and actually think for a while. Think for a change. If you keep doing things and you keep getting bad results, <laughs> stop what you're doing. Try a different approach, a different tact, a different method, different strategies, maybe different goals. Maybe get rid of the same hacks who keep screwing up your state or, well, not keep screwing up your state. have been screwing up your state and just continue to screw it up more and more and more. Maybe get somebody who has some fresh ideas. They might not work. But really, can it be any worse than what you're doing? Not for the people of California, the businesses of California. But it'd be really bad for those uh, leftist leaders who are infested in the state of California, infesting themselves on the state of California uh, like a bunch of damn ticks. It would be really bad for them. Uh, let's hope Elder gets elected. It would be just absolutely hilarious to watch a man who's not going to bend his spine. He's not going to take no for an answer. He's not going to put you up with any BS. All the usual liberal tactics will not work. It would be hilarious to watch him just own all the leftists in California. And it'd be interesting to see that if things start turning around and getting better, if some people actually open their eyes and go, wait a minute. Some of these Republican ideas, these conservative ideas, these libertarian ideas, they actually work. Uh, we'll see how many light bulbs go off and uh, how many heads, I guess. Now, two more stories to get to, folks. <clears throat> and if you pay attention to MSNBS, and Mediaite does, and many people do, uh, they have a story by uh, Michael Luciano. 
and it's about MSNBC guest, the the Texas abortion law, uh, and supporters who fight vaccine mandates. It's a kind of a montage of idiocy. Uh, that's pretty funny because MSNBC is just oh, it's a cavalcade of stupidity. Every time you watch it, it is left wing nutcases saying pretty much anything they want, running with stories that aren't even true. Like, uh, you know, that cattle medication. That was uh, complete, complete, complete BS. But here comes the left, the media. They can't, if it, can it make Trump look bad? It's fact, print it, front page, bold type. That's why you don't get all your information from Twitter or Facebook. I read a lot of things on social media, and somehow... I'm able to actually follow up if I want to write about something or maybe talk about something on this show. I'm able to actually go and say, hmm, let me see. Let's check the sources. And let's see. And if it doesn't go anywhere, I won't talk. I won't do it because I can't prove it. I never went to journalism school, by the way. Maybe that's why I'm a better journalist than, <laughs> and I don't even claim to be a journalist than many actual professionally trained, highly educated uh, journalists. That's right. I'm no Jim Acosta. Thank you for that, God. But here are some highlights from uh, that Mediaite and Michael Luciano has uh, from the left and the Biden policies on combating COVID and all kind of fun stuff. Wait, it's going to be fun, kids. It's always fun to laugh at MSNBS, especially Joyless Reed. God, that is a bitter angry woman with bad hair. And away we go to Joyless Reed land. On Thursday, President Biden announced expansive new policies for combating the spread of COVID-19. The measures include mandating all federal employees be vaccinated against the virus. <clears throat> as well as requiring companies, and this is going to cause a you-know-what storm, uh, with at least 100 employees to require their workers to be vaccinated or tested on a weekly basis. Uh, many conservatives reacted to the, to the announcement with horror, probably because we believe in liberty. Uh, Joy Reid named several Republican governors who reacted negatively to Biden's speech and oppose the mandates. Some of them even claim the actions are illegal. Well, depends if you go by the Constitution or not, which Joy Reid wouldn't recognize if you hit her in her fat face with it. Not that I'm advocating anyone hit Joy Reid in her fat face, okay? No, don't do that. Compliment her on her whatever the hell's going on with her hair that day and say, you know, Joy, I just can't agree with you ideologically and walk away. Uh, turning to Eli Mistal of the nation, do yourself a favor, go to Google, go to Bing, wherever, search images of Eli, E-L-I-E, Mistal, M-I, or M-Y-S-T-A-L, and then laugh. Uh, Reed said, talk about the legal backing for what the president's doing. Does he have one? Oh, of course he has one, replied Mr. Aller, graduate of Harvard Law. Welcome to the immense reserves of the federal power that we've existed under for this entire 250-year experiment. Of course, the federal government can mandate basic health and safety regulations, the same power that allows the TSA to take off my shoes and molest me. And what you? Molest you, Eli Mustall? <laughs> I worked at an airport for like 13 years. I met a lot of great people in TSA. A couple of them were power-hungry, very ugly people. Uh, but the rest of them were great, very friendly, nice, accommodating, help people out. Uh, one I had a huge crush on, huge crush on. But uh, I actually saw her in a grocery store because I guess she lived close to me. I didn't know that. But I actually made the mistake of asking her out, and she was... Uh, now, she got highly offended and just kind of walked away from me without even giving me a response. 
I don't know why. I still don't because we always talked and had you know good conversation. And she was just she looked good in a TSA outfit. And I was I just was attracted to her. Just a sidebar there. Uh, I always wondered that if if you ask someone out and they just totally act like, eh, what does that mean? Are they a, just a jerk? Are they awkward? I don't know. I don't know what that means. I've known I ha I've had women show interest in me that I had no attraction for, and it always is uncomfortable because you don't want to hurt feelings, but you also don't want to go out with them for whatever reason. I would always lie and say that you know I'm, I really just started dating somebody recently, and it's it's going pretty well. I I kind of want to focus on that. And I guess they fell for the lie. I don't know. I hope so. I don't like hurting people's feelings. Unless you're Seth Meyers, of course. Uh, but, of course, the federal government can mandate basic health and safety regulations. And this part worries me about Eli Mastall. Again, I have to repeat it. The same power that allows TSA to take off my shoes and molest me because I want to go to South Dakota allows the federal government to mandate a vaccine and mandate testing at the employment level. If you work for the government, if you work in a hospital, there are certain professions that, a restaurant business, to me, if your boss says, we'd like you to get tested and we're going to require it because, you know, <clears throat> then I understand that. It's distasteful, maybe, but I understand, in a restaurant especially. And I guess if you work for the government, they have that right. Uh, I'm not going to get into that debate. I know this whole thing is going to cause a lot of people a lot of anger because basically trying to get the power of the federal government to tell you that, that run a company with 102 employees that, well, everyone has to be vaccinated or else. To me, that's probably an overreach. And I just don't think it will end well. And it, it, sometimes it's almost like the Biden administration, whoever's running it, is really invested in, in acting in a way that is as dictatorial and angry and everything else as they can find. It's almost like they're trying to make people have really, really negative reactions to it. <clears throat> Hell, maybe they're trying to instigate someone losing it and, and, you know, hurting somebody because they think their rights are being trampled. Then they can make more laws and claim white supremacy more. Maybe it's like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put anything past Democrats, but leftist Democrats. I really wouldn't. They just want power and how they get it really. Eh, they have no moral compass, folks, except the moral compass that points one way, one direction to one thing their power and their success but back to this piece uh you know i don't really want to hear the words molest me south dakota and take off my shoes when it's eli mistal talking about people in uniforms dude keep your keep your freaky sex life out of the out of everyone's ears please don't that's God, that's an image. I don't need, man. I don't need that, man. Massal proceeded to turn his ire towards supporters of supporters of Texas's quote restrictive new abortion law. You know it's not restrictive when you're trying to save a baby's life. <clears throat> and just one question. Show me anywhere in medical science where it says that just because a, a human being with its own blood type, its own DNA, own organs, growing, 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 with a heartbeat, a beating heart, fingers, toes, things like that. Just because that that little tiny person is growing inside its mother, somehow it's not alive or it's not human? Explain that to me. If you can do that, I'll become pro-choice. Of course, I'm not going to become pro-choice because we all know those things can't be true. And a Texas bill is only restrictive if someone wants to have an abortion that will kill a baby with a beating heart. What part of what part of beating heart escapes the left? That's right. 
their lack of a moral compass <coughs> and their lack of human decency. Uh, the new abortion law, which they call restrictive, outlaws the procedure after about six weeks of pregnancy and relies on private individuals to enforce it to the civil courts. Miss Saul called them forced birth aficionados. So you're against forcing something on another human being. What about the unborn baby, which is clearly a human being, Eli? I'll wait and see if you ever get an answer. If I ever get a chance to debate any of these people, I will hit them with that question. Answer that question and I'll join your side. And they never will because they can't. And like the cult of gun control, the, cur the cult of killing unborn babies are sick and twisted people. Uh, Mustal proceeded again to return his to turn his ire toward anyone who, like me, supports Texas's new abortion law or, or baby protection law, I would call it. He also singled out Representative Dan Crenshaw of Texas, who was a Navy SEAL and who lost an eye fighting for this country, and could whip Eli Mistall's ass in about three seconds, uh, who criticized Biden's announcement on Twitter. Well, how dare Dan Crenshaw go on Twitter? Damn conservatives, veterans, American heroes going on Twitter. What is this country coming to? Mistall went off. He said, the same people that you just listed over there that are now arguing against a mass mandate are the same people who have been running around for weeks saying it's okay to force a woman to bring a pregnancy and determine against her will. What about the unborn baby, Eli? I'm waiting. He continued, those people are going to take all the seats. Grant Crenshaw needs to sit down before he faints under the weight of the hypocrisy from where we are right now. Again, he's a decorated Navy SEAL who lost an eye fighting for this country, idiot. I don't think he's going to... Uh, faint under any pressure. And I don't think your hairdo is going to intimidate him, Eli. And your mental power, your mental prowess, and your obsession with getting molested in South Dakota by TSA people without your shoes on, I don't know. But that's too much information again. Of course, mandate vaccine mandates are legal. And of course, forcing women to give birth is not. Hmm. So vaccine mandates are good because they save lives. Politics aside, I agree with that statement. Forcing women to do things with their body they don't want to is bad. But what you keep leaving out, Eli Mastal, in your freaky hair, it looks like he had Donna Brazil's hair and then it exploded. That's what it looked like. I'm sorry I have to say it. It's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's weird. He has weird hair. It's almost like there's a giant uh, frosted mini wheat on his head. I, that's all I can say. It's very disturbing. Uh, but what about the unborn baby, Eli? He continues, and if you can't understand that, I suggest you read this document, which explains it to you, holding a copy of the Constitution. That's a first. Uh, you can watch this on MSNBC. They have lots of videos. But I didn't know a liberal or a leftist. Eli Mestall is a far left guy. I didn't know they could actually hold a, con a copy of the Constitution. It has to be a special copy. If it was the actual Constitution, their, their fingers would catch on fire. It would be like a vampire trying to drink holy water. That's how it would work out for them. Because they are the anti, 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 anti-constitutionalists. They hate this country with a passion that you cannot describe. Either through ignorance or just hatred for the country, people like Elon must all do us a favor. Okay, take your money you've made from MSNBS. Hire some people to dress like TSA agents and get your freak on, dude. But... We don't want to hear your mouth anymore until you answer that one question. You're like, what about the unborn human being, the baby in the womb? What about that? Why don't you follow the science, Eli? Why don't you follow the science? And now, a piece I found on Daniel Greenfield. 
right before I started recording. And uh, this is interesting. Uh, Daniel Greenfield is a brilliant writer, one of my favorites. And he takes uh, President Mumbles <clears throat> to the woodshed over his shameless exploitation of his son. No, 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 not that son. Not the son of an ass. Uh, Mr. Mr. Crackhead doing porn with hookers and whatever. Not uh, that idiot. The, oh, I'm sorry, the artist. No, we're talking about his son, uh, Bo Biden, who uh, died of cancer tragically. But Greenfield writes, uh, this is from yesterday, after getting 13 American military personnel killed in Kabul, in Kabul Biden met with family members and, <clears throat> instead of listening to their pain and apologizing for his actions, lectured them <clears throat> about his son. Former Delaware Attorney General uh, Bo Biden, <clears throat> a scion of the family who took up the family business, figured large in his father's speeches defending his disastrous retreat in Afghanistan. It was the same stump speech that Biden has been giving about his dead son for six years, which he does it off to explain why he was abandoning Americans into the hands of terrorists. It was the same speech to which he subjected the family members of the men he killed. When he just kept talking about his son, it was just, my interest was lost in that. I was more focused on my own son than what happened with him and his son. That's Mark Schmitz, who was the father of Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, I'm not trying to insult the president, but I just didn't. It just didn't seem that appropriate to spend that much time on his own son. Well, it's about Biden, dude. He's a liberal. He's a leftist. What do you expect? His son mattered. Your son mattered nothing to him. Nothing. <clears throat> Greenfield writes: the loss of a son is unimaginably painful. Uh, but Biden has spent the remainder of his political career exploiting Bo Biden the way he spent his early career exploiting his first dead wife and daughter by accusing the truck driver of being drunk or having broadsided her. In reality, his first wife drove into the path of the truck. What should have been a private tragedy was weaponized into a public spectacle with Biden taking his Senate oath at his son's bedside. And there's a picture of that, actually, his, his little son in a uh, hospital bed. And there's old President Mumbles, though he wasn't mumbling back then. There's old Biden, Mr. Moneymaker, Mr. Mr. Uh, Presidential. The infamously theatrical scene of Bo as a little boy lying in a hospital bed in a room filled with reporters and photographers was not an act of devotion, but disturbing exploitation. Two young boys, Bo and Hunter, uh, who had lost their mother, could have used some privacy while they recovered. Instead, Biden dragged them into the spotlight at a public relations bid. In death, Biden exploited Bo even harder than he had in life. After his son's death, Biden contemplated building an entire political campaign around his dead son. A few months after Bo's death, Biden told New York Times columnist Maureen Dowd that Bo had, he begged me, he begged me to run against Hillary because the White House should not revert to the Clintons and that the country would be better off with Biden values. That's my Biden, Biden impersonation. I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. Now, can I go sniff a little girl's hair or something? Hey, woman, you like hairy legs when they're wet? Come here, come here. I want to sniff your hair. Uh, Bo not only conveniently framed his plea to his father in the form of a campaign slogan, that is convenient, but also an attack on Hillary Clinton that she could not possibly rebut because, again, his son was dead. What was she going to do, attack Biden's dead son? I think Hillary just said something really quirky at the time. Uh, she said... What does it matter at this point or something? I don't know. As a political story noted, Biden has told the both story to others. Sometimes details change. The setting, the exact words, that tends to happen when stories that are, you know, made up 
funny how that is. What kind of man would put an attack ad in his dead son's mouth? The same kind of man who would take a wounded boy lying in a hospital bed who has just lost his mother and drag him in front of the cameras for a 30-second story on the evening news. Because politics. But that's the thing about Joe Biden, Reedfield continues, as bad as you think he may be, uh, he's even worse. It's near insulting to Bo's legacy to think that his last moments were politically driven, a close friend of Bo's uh, told a local paper. His dying wish would not be driven by politics. It would be driven by his concern of family. But Biden is always all about politics and all about himself. There's a fine line between grief and exploitation. In 2015, Joe Biden didn't just step over it. He wrote a parade float over it. He didn't just give a stream of interviews about Bo's death in dignified settings like the CBS Late Show with Stephen Colbert, but tied it to a presidential run. A draft Biden ad featured not only Bo, but Joe Biden's first wife and his first daughter under the title, My Redemption. Pretty pathetic, I think, folks. Uh, go read the rest of this. I'm not going to read it all, but... <clears throat> It's hard to stop reading Daniel Greenfield when he writes. Uh, he's a brilliant, brilliant writer, and uh, I think he's entirely correct. Uh, Joe Biden's a political animal. I guess all politicians are by nature, but he has a special talent for, well, using, uh, using even dead family members, I guess. Dead daughter, wife, son. Very, very, very telling. Uh, but again, let me let me close with this story in this this podcast, this edition, with just one piece of advice for President President Biden. I was listening to you give the uh, give the mandates out, the vaccine mandates, and as I listened, there was a point where you mentioned. Uh, people not getting angry and taking it on TSA agents. And I would agree with that. Uh, they shouldn't do that because the TSA agents are just doing their job. But you had some, you had a, some stern words there when, when you mentioned people who might lose their temper and act, act out towards the TSA agents or stewardesses, I'm sorry, flight attendants <clears throat> and uh, airport workers, workers for the airline, etc. You 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 said quite sternly, Mr. President, to, that those people should show some respect. Why don't you try that, Mr. President, with your own family, even the dead ones? I'm Doug Hagan, my friends. That is a Daily Gator thought for today. Big day of college football tomorrow. Uh God bless you, my friends. Take care. Thank you for listening. Morning, noon, or night, whenever you listen, I appreciate it. It warms my heart. Say a prayer for Bob Belvedere, if you remember. Please throw one up for him. He's a good man, a damn fine blogger, and a good friend. One I never met, but through the internet, but <clears throat> a man I deeply respect and admire. Now, if you want to contribute to the Delegator Daily Thought, <clears throat> go to thedelegator.com. And simply hit the uh, first post, the bottom of the post, there's a little button that says buy now. That links to my PayPal page. You knuckleheads know what to do. And then if you want to be a contributor monthly to the Daily Gator Daily Thought podcast at uh, Spotify, <clears throat> Anchor by Spotify, that is, <laughs> you may go there and sign up to be a monthly contributor and subscriber. If you do, Thank you very much. If you don't, that's okay, too. And a yes, I will always accept cash discreetly placed under the back or front welcome mat to my home. Yes, I will do that. I will thank you. And remember, discretion. Discretion, my friends. I wonder if everyone gets my sick sense of humor sometimes. I've told jokes and being very sarcastic before. People, Are you serious? Are you serious? It's like it's a joke, people. Humor. If you don't get a sense of humor, you don't get jokes. Step one is stop watching Seth Myers. He's not funny. And he's never going to be. 
and continue to listen to my sarcastic humor and my maybe twisted sense of humor. And for God's sakes, my friends, if you see Eli Mustall in a TSA line, I suggest you move to another line. You don't want to see what happens, according to him, when he's going to South Dakota with no shoes on or something. Good Lord. But thank you for listening. Take care, my friends. Say your prayers. Eat your vitamins. Love y'all. Be good to each other. And we will talk to you uh, Sunday. I'll have another one of these off. Remember, college football season Saturdays are holidays to me. Let's go Gators. Take care, my friends. God bless you. I'll yak at you soon.